Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Crushed. It was written by Phil Anderson, and it's available in the Miskatonic repository at DriveThruRPG. Our game master is David Gasway, and this is a one-shot. Before we start, I do want to remind our listeners that this August 18th through the 21st, a group of our players and GMs, including myself, will be attending Necronomicon 2022 in Providence, Rhode Island. It's H.P. Lovecraft's 132nd birthday, so it's going to be a blast. If you see us, come up and say hello. We love meeting our fans. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Dave. Thank you, Tom. Uh, the uh, game begins on Thursday, May 29th, 1924. Uh, yesterday, Professor Austin Manning of the History Department of Arkham University called his associate, Professor Bergman, about something he had uncovered the day before at his dig site in Rockport, Rockport Massachusetts, a small town not very far north of Arkham. He suspects he've, he's found proof of a prehistoric Viking presence there. Professor Bergman naturally invited his colleague, Professor Dunleavy. They both brought in their assistant grad students. And in addition, as Bergman and Manning agreed that it might be a newsworthy event, Bergman uh, got in touch with a reporter friend of his at the Arkham Advertiser, Dobson. And Dobson called in a trusted photographer of his, Christopher Zimmerman. You've all taken the afternoon train up to Rockport, where you expect to be met at the train station by one Harriet Dempsey. Uh, and indeed, uh, the train's on time, and uh, you're a fairly conspicuous group leaving it. Uh, and there's a a, a sort of ruddy-faced woman in her middle age uh, waving uh, from beneath the sort of gangway that comes off the platform. She's like, you're the folks from Arkham, eh? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Professor Bergman. It's uh, excellent to uh, meet you in person. Glad to have you here. Uh, sorry, we've just got the truck from uh, Mason's, uh, the, the quarry company. So, so uh Two of you'll fit in the cab with me, and the rest you'll have to be in the back with the shovels and whatnot. But it's a short ride. As Harriet's making her initial greetings of everyone, Christopher's uh, taking pictures and trying to capture this uh, meeting of the minds. It's a pretty quaint scene. Rockport's not a big town. You can, if you angle yourself, you can probably get C in the background over the village between you and it. Uh, this is my uh, my colleague, uh, Professor Doom Levy. Uh, nice to meet you, sir. Welcome to Rockport. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the welcome. And uh, I kind of I'm not used to cameras, so I kind of give like an awkward smile as I like hold my hand out, like for the picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Professor Dunleavy, um, would you like me to run back and get you a cup of coffee? Uh, yes, um, and get one for yourself, and I give him money for both. Thank you. Oh, Pat, could you give me one as well? Uh, okay, I think I can juggle. Wait, where's he going to run back to? All the way back to the university from here? 
oh no on the on the train they had so they had a little coffee thing did they maybe at the station here you at can get a, probably a oh yeah this hour so professors you must be you must be quite excited about this uh oh yes uh, from, uh, what, from... <laughs> from what you were saying on the train uh uh this might mean that uh united states was discovered over 500 years before uh, Christopher Columbus landed. It, it's, been, it, it's been said before, but if we could give proof to that, it would be amazing and uh, lucrative. Maybe a yeah, hat so. with the big horns on it. <laughs> well, whatever. That's actually whatever. inaccurate, but we'll talk about that on the way. Yes, whatever your uh, ill-conceived notions there aside, a lanky, um, having such a opera. discovery to the name of a... <laughs> The name of Miskatonic and be a great honor for the school. And I'm a, I'm just glad Banning thought of, uh, thought of us. So. Now I'm sorry, Miss. What was your name? I wanted to get the spelling of that down. Yeah. Oh, it's it's Dempsey with a P. Harriet. Harriet Dempsey. That's it. And uh, what's your occupation, Miss? Well, uh, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, I've been in, in town for a while and I've uh, come into it just a, a little bit of my own money. So I, I take part in various civic activities. And when your professor came up and began this dig, uh, I got more and more interested in it until I, I started to volunteer up there. That was Professor Manning? Yeah, Austin Manning. Fine fella. I'm I'm on the city city border regents too. Uh, it's you know it's a small town. We're not fancy. Uh, I'll show it. We're going to go through town on the way to the dig. I'll uh, point out local uh, marks of interest. It's an old town. It's humble town, but it's it's charming. I've been here almost twenty years. I'm very fond of it. So who's up in the cab and who's going to take the rough ride? Well, we have to oh, take the, the rough ride. ride. I, I think Pat, uh, but based on his little trip, will get the uh, the back by default. I should have asked him about the uh, his trans how his translation is going. He probably would have ran away from me a bit faster. Chris, we should probably let the professor sit up front. Oh yes, sir, you got it. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Seniority and stuff. All been fancier academics. Uh, although I, you know, I can't say much. Uh, photographer about the shock on this old truck so keep your gear in tow uh and here so you go oh, professor Dunleavy, uh robert here you go coffees just like you like them as not- usual you are amazing thank you thanks professor thank you pat do you want we uh, should wait a few minutes to drink those down? Because in the back of the truck, you're just going to scald yourself. It's going to fly around something fierce. Yeah, give, him a, give him five minutes. Oh, yeah. I'm smoking yeah. a cigarette anyway. I want to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, up, um, up from here, you can see uh, 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 what, sir? No, I was just going to ask you. You said that the truck was from the quarry. Is that where this area was found? Uh, no, uh, the the. The professors work in a dig site up the hill a bit and uh, south from there, more in the by the woods. But uh, there's good equipment for digging and and hauling material. And the it's 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 uh, Mason, uh, Fred Mason, who runs the quarry, and he's interested in you know doing local uh, 
things that are good for the local economy and, and you know, the name of Rockport. So, you know, we've got a truck from him and uh, the like. Uh, he's hauled some stuff away because, you know, they've, been, they've got, well, you'll see it when you get there, but they had to move a bit of earth. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, I'll, you know, you can see over there, uh, up there you can see the top of the lighthouse. That's the farthest point of Rockport. Uh, and, you know, we've got a couple of coves and bays, which is, we think, why uh, there were settlers here so soon. Uh, good oystering, uh, good inlets for, for settling in a ship. Uh, the Yacht Club is north of town where the, uh, you know, uh, the houses are nicer, let's say, a little farther from the noise of the quarry. And the quarry is kind of, you can't really see it. You can see the wharf from here. But I'll take you through town and you can get a, a, an eye at the whole place. And she encourages you to pile in and uh, we'll have a, a little look at a, a map just for general purposes. Thank you, Miss. So it's a simple place. You can see over here is where you got off the train. And she could point through downtown, you know, two church towers, that sort of thing. Coves. Uh, out here is the the uh, quarry, oh, no, it's the quarry's closer in, um, and the lighthouse farthest point out. And so we go down through town and then back up the hill uh, through what's sort of fallow farmland and, and wood scrub to where Professor Manning uh, settled on after a couple of you know spot checks. Uh, and he's been up here for a couple of years seasonally poking around, and this is the first time that he's been satisfied that he found something. Um, and she points out, you know, other things on the way through town, like uh, the, uh, the, the new cemeteries back here behind the uh, first church, and then uh, here we've got the uh, the old granite ordinary pub, uh, sorry, restaurant, and uh, this is uh, oh, and a lot of the uh, folks working on the dig are at this boarding house, which is just on the other side of the road. If we kept going, but we're going uphill, and as promised, it's a rough ride. You know, it's a uh, there aren't really springs involved, just metal struts, uh, struts. Um, and uh, you uh, pull, and, and the road, of course, gets simpler, and you have a sort of gravel drive as she pulls off to the uh, right from the road, the paved road. Um, and uh, you can see as you're getting off the truck, it's pretty lovely up here. You know, there's a, there's a few sort of rough fields and some uh, plenty of wildflowers and that sort of thing, and then you know a border of various deciduous trees. And there's, uh, you know, a sort of large canvas work tent, and then, you know, the sort of things you'd expect: some, some, you know, a foot let down and another foot down, sort of trenches and partially oil cloth covered things and whatnot. Um, and there's a couple of young people who were actively poking around. Uh, and there's one fellow who comes up and meets the truck and says, "Hey, Harriet." And she's like, this here is uh, Alton King. Uh, he's another local from the town who uh, is, is free right now because he, he works uh, 
on on the sea later in the summer and, and in the fall, but this time of year there he, he's not trawling. So and Alton got interested and came up. His family has been here generations. Uh, and Alton says, "Hey, pleasure to meet y'all. How how are things in the city?" Oh, you know things are things are just buzzing right along. Yeah, it's busy it's, all the time. It's fast down there. That's what I hear. Slow up here. Uh, come on off. Uh, careful with the truck. There's a, there's some sharp bits. Uh, and actually, if one of you could, there's a couple of. Uh, we got we got or we brought up some new uh, flat bottom shovels. We asked for uh, if you could pull them down, and I'll just give you a quick tour. Uh, professor's uh, having his late afternoon nap. Uh, he'll he'll be happy to see you when he when he gets up, but he always takes a rest, uh, especially since a t- couple of days ago he's been a little overexcited. Oh, I can certainly understand that. Uh, now a keeper is that is that consistent with what I know about Professor Manning? Is he a pretty tired individual? Is he older? What's what's more likely is that he's very overexcited. I mean, what he told you on the phone was that it was actually Harriet who found the potentially ancient object, and he, you know, sort of ran around in a in a in a in a tizzy. And then he called you first thing the next day, uh, as, you know, as soon as he could expect you to be at the university. And he said, you know, you, this, is, this, could, this could make us both. But it's also, he's, a, he's an early American historian. And so he's a little possibly out of his depth. Uh, and he probably got up and dug at 6 a.m. And so it wouldn't be strange here in the mid-afternoon for him to be having the snooze. You do not think that he's been drugged by this Alton fellow, <laughs> in short, right. or already buried. Uh, Pat and Robert, do you mind grabbing those shovels? Oh, yeah, you got it. No problem. Grab one. Uh, welcome, all you fellers. And, and Alton's going to uh, you know, do a round of shaking your hands. Um, Mr. King, when do you think we can see the site? Oh, I'm, we, we're, we, you know, just go around these tents. I'll show you everything I can. I'm not an educated man, but I've been volunteering. I, I know what, what we dug up pretty good. And I tell you, I never thought the old hometown would be on, on um, the map as some historical place. It's a, you know, it's a tiny little fishing and, and rock place. That's all it's ever been. Uh, well, so, yeah. If it, if it gets on the map, it's going to be the place where all of the Christopher Columbus stuff uh, comes to naught. Oh, that's true. Folks are going to hate us, aren't they? When you well, think about I don't know it, about that, but the Italians. Yeah, well, it's a different thing though, because we only well, we'll see how much more we find. And and here I'll show you where where the, it all started. And he has a you know, there's a tour of a fairly rudimentary or uh, it's not it's not you're not digging in the ancient Near East. It isn't twelve feet deep. You've got you know, your standard strings and lines and little flags and markers. Uh, and so the first two, we found uh, that there was an indication that Manning, Professor Manning found of what might be a, a, an old chimney. And so he dug from there and you see there's irregular, there's foundation stones and they're far enough uh, under the, the what's this called? Topsoil. Uh, he thinks they're 
maybe as far back as 1620. And then from, from the first uh, foundation stone, uh, there's another set over here. It's a little smaller, but you know, uh, Indians didn't build with stones like this. So even though the whole building's gone, he could tell, and he was also finding bits in the, in the uh, fire pit, but it wasn't a chimney, but anyway. Uh, so along this edge, then uh, he found uh, what seems to be the border of uh, an old uh, graveyard. Um, and you can see that, you know, he's got a couple of different rope lines heading off to show where he thinks maybe the boundaries of that are, but didn't find the, any headstones or anything. But we, we might as we dig. And so he's, you've got, that's why he's got these oil tarps over a couple of areas here. And he was digging to find more about that that and then Harriet sort of butts in. It's like, and that's where the Indian stuff was. Uh, he calls it a midden, and you can see. And there's a, like she pulls a tarp up, and there's you, there are layers of shells, and there's a little bit of pottery, and there's some bone, and it goes deeper. So this is where I was poking about. Uh, it seemed like uh, even before. Uh, any of the Puritans or whoever got here, the, uh, the, natives, the natives at least camped here in the season and they'd throw their uh, clam shells and oyster shells and things in a, in a pile. Uh, and and uh, again, the professor can tell you, I mean, you all know you're, you're from the university, but uh, it preserves things. And so he had a, a couple of us digging off on this corner of it I think he kind of keeps us out of trouble too. And I, I flipped over a pile of these flattened shells and there was the thing in two pieces. Uh, and it, it looks like nothing I've ever seen. Like, um, you know, the big and funny stone and I couldn't figure out what it was. So I, I hurried over to him and I, you never seen a man light up uh, the way Professor Manning did. I bet you will too. It's where is uh, it I, now? Oh, it's in it's in the work tent. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Do you, Alton, do you think we can wake him up? Yeah, yeah. Let's go get him. Uh, so I, because he'll want to show you. <laughs> he'll be so disappointed if if we show you the thing first. Um, and so they sort of lead you to the main work. It's again oil canvas thing. Uh, and I guess the professor has a cot in the back or something and, you know, looking around. It's like, you know, getting duskish. There's some mosquitoes. Pretty nice, though. It's, a, you know, 68, 69 degrees as the sun goes down over the hills behind you. And, and then uh, Manning makes a grand entrance. Uh, and, you know, Bergman, I think you could say that he's like, He's, pardon me for a moment. Someone chewing my microphone. Uh, Professor Manning, stop doing that. <laughs> Manning, like, he, uh, he obviously had somebody like pressing his work clothes because he knew you guys were coming and he just like dressed up and he comes out. It's like, gentlemen, so glad you could come. Manning, so, so glad for the invite. Uh, I think you will be. I honestly do. 
Um, yes, well, Kate's got a couple of shots. The probably light is better. Perhaps I should bring it out. For yes, because the light, the tent would just have oil. So, um, well, I'm dying I, to see it. Now, I could be yeah, mistaken, but... and and that's why we are keeping it small. Um, I don't think I'm mistaken. I've even been trying to copy the root. It's a, it, it's well, you'll see it. Um, and he, you know, he hurries back under the flap and he comes back out again and he's carrying an object. Good God, isn't that Jeepers, Professor? Yes, it is. Uh, it's very strange. Now, it was broken in half and I, I, you know, I plastered it together, but the plaster is easily removable. I just thought, and I was also trying to get, figure out what the runes are, but you know, it's not my field. Uh, but I wanted you to see the whole piece. Um, can you, I guess, I guess, so, well, let's do a set of roles, uh, specialities in archaeology, um, anthropology, appraisal, geology, anything that I've you I've got might... a regular pass on archaeology. Okay. Uh, linguistics? Uh, sure. I'll take a linguistics role. A regular success in archaeology. Okay. Um, so, and uh, uh, you, Patrick, uh, Herrick, worked with Bergman, right? Uh, I, I'm, I've worked with, uh, with uh, Professor Dunleavy. Right. And, and Herrick works with Bergman. Okay. So, so Herrick, um, what you, uh, you feel confident to verify, even though maybe Bergman might be a little shocked, uh, you can you can say with some confidence that the runes that those are runes, and that they are, you know, of pre-Christian Norse period roughly. So that would suggest, you know, nine hundreds something like that. Uh, and Dunleavy, um, oh, you got linguistics. Yeah, right? I wrote a eighty-one. So that was a fail. Oh, right. Well, so I, you'll nod sagely at, at Robert Herrick's opinion. I, mm -hmm. I nailed my uh, appraise uh, at a heart. Okay. So uh, you recognize that the stone is not from anything like this part of the world. Uh, and that the, it's the, there are two periods of workmanship here. There's the initial statuette of a pair of figures that have partly human and partly Piscean nature. And you would say that that is ancient enough to be priceless. Despite the fact that it's been defaced and that the, the defacing, that the scratched heads, et cetera, were intentional. So it's been, it was an original piece from someplace far away and it was actively worked at a later date with intention. Uh, does anybody have anything in a cult? Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Chris uh, is pretty versed in the occult. Excellent. McGurl? Yes, I, I Please. know a little bit too. You give it a try. About a 39 out of 50. Okay. Okay. I also um, passed uh, art criticism <laughs> earlier. So it looks primitive, kind of lovely. 
It's, it's, well, it's and made you, out of stone. You, well, and we'll give you a sort of com, a combo. Uh, you, you, you recognize the quality of the work and something, especially because of what Eric said about the age. And then you realize that the kind of inscription that that is, is what is called a stave, which was a form of curse or banishment or, you know, a kind of intentional work from Northern Europe. Uh, so we, we have examples of that in other Viking uh, objects. Uh, yeah, they're not always carved, but yeah, they can be. They can also be painted. Uh, you know, cursings, curses, blessings, sure. ritual incantations made in language onto a surface that have a sort of pattern. Um, and the, you know, and so Manning is like, it's, it's amazing, right? Like, have you ever seen anything of the like? I've been this side of the Atlantic. Well, professor, if this is if this is pre pre first mill, if this is first millennium, you're going to be explaining that there's been Europeans over here, or at least an incursion. Uh, you know, the object we we have increasingly evidence that uh, uh, the American Indian traded over great distances. You know, you find cowrie shells in the Midwest and sorts of other things. So it may have come from Canada. It, you know, it was damaged. It was broken in two by the time it arrived here. But it will continue to investigate the dating. But based on when the, uh, the, the stone was dug for the first Western uh, foundation and its depth relative in the midden to where this was located, um, and there are, there are native bones nearby we found in local pits, and the cemetery we haven't been able to investigate thoroughly yet, uh, but we're going to have so much grant money if, if this is, is proven to be correct. What I need help with is uh, seeing if we can actually translate what is written on this. And I, I've been, again, I've been trying to copy the runes at myself, but as you see they're because of the breakage, some of them are interrupted, but um, I think, well, if you'll come inside, I'll put, we'll get uh, uh, some, uh, Alton, can we have a couple of pots of coffee? Uh, and uh, maybe uh, I'll, I'll break out a little, I have, I have some some pretty good brandy that's been in uh, old Ben Williamson's cellar since when it was legal. Uh, and we can sit down and, and look this, these things over. If, the, if you're a photographer, uh, if you're good with going inside and we're done with the, you know, the better light. Yeah. 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 Right. So come in, uh, sit down and, and we'll, we'll talk it over. Professor, I, is it okay if I smoke in here? That probably would not be a good idea. It might affect the stone. You say so, Professor. I, uh, well, it's true. I don't know which stone is. Uh, we, I, I tried to get uh, Miller, the geologist, up here, um, and, and uh, he didn't take me seriously, honestly. But we'll find out. Yes. Well, and we're looking also because there are pieces missing, you know, in addition to the, the band that mostly fits together. And we're still hoping to find the little pieces. So it'll be easier to do chip tests and things. But come in, come in, come in. With um, my understanding of geology, would I be able to uh, make out what the material was? Um, you could certainly make an attempt. Uh, no. 
Yeah. What you can, what you can, you can, you can uh, concur with what's been said that it's not local and that, and you do a little, you know, just a, like a ring scratch test and it's very hard. What was used to make these incisions or to break it is, you know, that was hard work. Um, so he, he ushers you in um, and he's got, he's like, I've, I've tried to copy out, there's a, you know, that, that emblem or whatever on the back and the text as best as I can. Um, and he shows you his notebook and his attempt at um, a rough phonetic translation. Looks like a fish to me. That's the that's the symbol on the back of that's that idol. Yeah, it's like the Jesus fish or something. Well, that's the thing. It's you know it it's uh, it wow. certainly has the a, a broad Piscine shape. Uh, and again, I think I've gotten. You can see I tried to correct some of the runes that I think were broken, but the shape is. I don't know if it. It's also got. Well, from from, I mean, I mean. I think you did an amazing job, doc, uh, doctor, but from what I saw from your translation, one of the things that was mentioned was the Dwagra. Um, and I think since that's mentioned, it might be a good idea to put some extra resources at the graveyard um, with that in mind. Well, that's one of the words that I could sound out, but I wasn't sure what the implication was. Is it like dragon? No, it's more of a... Uh, like a, a a dead thing, something that uh, isn't fully dead, isn't fully alive, and more so than not, it's a punishment. Mm. What wow, was the word, sir? Professor, what was that word? Uh, Dwarga? Drauger, or yeah, Dwarga. something. I think Dwarga. that is a sound, but you'd know better than I, Bergman. Did you... Uh, here, have, have yeah. a pick the thing up. Have a good look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. Um, I know something about this this statuette and these runes strikes me almost as a kind of sexual imagery. Mm. Well, well, that's it, definitely a woman there. It's definitely a man as well. You didn't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, well, if it, I mean, if you look at if you look at the uh, the image on the back, that that's what the runes. I mean, it looks. I don't know. At least to me, it looks like oh. genitalia. You have a little bit of a Freudian bent. I forgot, Bergman. You do like <laughs> the Europeans. Yes, that's. I see your point, though. And fertility. I mean, because I think that I think it. I think you're right. That is an an ancient object. Um, but uh, can you do anything at all with the runes? Can you can yeah, you can, make out make it out? Yeah, can I make it uh, oh, and, old and, Norse? Yeah, and Professor Dunleavy, I appreciate your concern, but keep in mind that that this is the only. Norse era thing we have any indication of. So 26 is a hard success on Old Norse. Uh, and it's passes Swedish as well. That counts for anything. So you're gonna start sounding that out and then you know crossing your eyes a little bit meditatively, and you can translate it roughly into this. Storm rack sea, sailors path, marminal. Sailor's bane, Draugr wake, come and fight, strike and slay, sailor's foe. 
Oh, yeah, so I got part, yeah, uh, Marmanil, Marmani, Marman. I wish I had remembered, I, if I thought I'd find this, I would have brought up something in, on Norse. Uh, Keeper, could I make a roll, for, uh, history roll, to see if I could recall that name and anything else? Please do. Uh, and an, occult rolls are welcome again. Ooh, okay. Uh, and I would also suggest, Christopher, that you make a photography role because you're going to be, you know, you, these things need to be documented. Uh, that is an extreme success, row to seven. Uh, for the history part, yeah? Yes. Mm. Good. Wow, that is, a, yeah, Okay. Uh, Christopher, other occult rollers? My Christopher's occult roll was a zero and a zero and a zero. <laughs> so you're pretty sure that Marmonel is a princess. Yes, a Disney princess. <laughs> and the photography roll, I may have overexposed some of the film. While not as bad as my occult roll was not a success. So I have that going for me. Good to know. Uh, regarding the, your, your sense of history, uh, you, there, you feel, having heard the, the little couplet or whatever, you feel more certain than you were that, that your recollection of Draugr is some half-living thing. Uh, you know, and, it, uh, go ahead. Uh, it... Uh... That word also kind of bothered me when I when I heard it, but I was thinking something more along the lines of you know Wagnerian opera, um, like the the Nibelung, the uh, the dwarvish people that live under the ground. That, that isn't what the dwarver. Yeah, the dwarver the dwarver that, that it's it's a uh, it is undead. A lot of times they were used to at least in mythology to guard treasure and things right. of importance or people of importance or locations of importance. Well, that would um, certainly link it to the, the, the Germanic language. Definitely. Have I read any I, like Icelandic sagas that talk about any of these names? You, you, I think you, again, you were a bit shocked by this artifact and the incongruity of the ancientness of it. And the and the non-Nordic sort of statuary it looks nothing right. like. So, so it, it's 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 a it's as if somebody pre-Christian Norse found this object, but that object was older than they were. And now that and you and now that you're like relaxing from the shock of that, you you're certain that Dunleavy is right about the Draugr being sort of revenants of some kind, and. You and you guys are talking excitedly, and Dunleavy's like, and Mermanel also reminds me of something. And it's, you know, you realize that it's roughly cognitive merman. Like it's a, a sea mare man eel. It's about sea creatures, which makes sense given the nature of the statuary. I would like you all to do uh, listen rolls. And we're looking for a degree of success. 21 out of huh, out of 25. Okay, standard. So just made it. <clears throat> standard success. Standard. Normal. 
standard? Uh, I will so, I will spend two luck to make that a, a standard success if, with your permission. Don't bother if you've got a couple of standards. Okay. Nobody make, got hard? I'll spend two luck and make it hard. Okay. Um, since you guys have been talking uh, excitedly about the discovery, uh, you know, you the statue's been set back on the table behind you. Um, you're not waving it around in the air like fools. Right. Those of you who made a regular success, you hear something like a landslide, but it's not, you know, the ground isn't shaking. It's just like a lot of tumbling noise. It's kind of sudden and odd. It's, it's as though somebody had pulled a stone out of a rough hillside 50 feet away and some rock had tumbled down. Just curious. Do we have a direction on this? You know, outside the tent. It's, okay. Because you're not going to, you know, you're pretty close to the front of the tent, the table and whatever. Um, uh, the hard success, you hear a little curious sort of crackle sound. And you turn around and the statue is on the work table where it was, but the plaster has fallen off it. It's the plaster is scattered around next to it on the table. And the statue is not cracked or dented. It's, it's still got the runes on it and the scratches, but it's one piece. If the stone is sealed and it's also, it's a little, it's rhymed with frost. There's a white sheen to with the thing. So it's oh, healed itself, is what you're L- saying? Uh, Lanky, look! <laughs> yeah, it's I'm gonna, healed I'm gonna, itself. I'm going to make a photography roll, see if I can capture this. You get that, but actually, before you roll that, or take that roll that you just made, because everybody who turns to look at the stone statue healing itself has to roll sand. Oh, jeez. <sighs> How much do you lose? Uh, it's 1d3 if you don't make it. It's okay. one if you do. Well, I missed my sanity roll by one, so I will be taking one d three. Two d and I'm losing three in typical <laughs> me rolling sanity fashion, maximum possible all the time. But uh, professor, I, could the, could the material have caused this? I, I, I I'm not sure. Um, could I, it be I, magnetic? I don't, I don't think I don't think uh, smoking's gonna hurt it at all. At this point, I don't think so either. Does, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in any way. I'm just a reporter here. But does, does the overall feel of the thing have kind of a Polynesian feel? You know, mermaids and it's like the stuff you'd see on one of those, uh, you know, little bars where. And as Lanky considers this, you hear a piercing scream from somewhere outside the tent. Uh, it's not. So I will you heard the dash out, scream. out of the tent. I'll follow the professor. Yeah. Uh, you rush through the flap of the tent. It's twilight now. Again, it would be lovely. Uh, but there's a... Your eyes adjust because you were just in lamplight. This is 
obviously a clearly a strange scent and you are looking at uh, a, a group of things they're bigger than normal humans and they're sort of you know there there's a rough semicircle of say six of them within 15 feet of the tent they're uh they're they're shaped wrong they're most of them are naked some of them have tatters of sort of night clothes coming like they're still on their shoulders they're not they're uh they're they range in color from dark powder blue to a very dark blueberry color on their skin. They don't have necessarily the right number of fingers or the right number of joints in their limbs. And their and their eyes are brighter than the dark they're the brightest thing outside. They're like little embers. And they're sort of sucking at the at the night air in a sort of searching way and you you know and you hear there's some like more yelling and Harriet's screaming and you turn because she's somewhat recognizable and you see uh Alton uh is um being attacked by one of these things and in fact it's it's even bigger than the others. The big, the ones in front of you are all, you know, six or seven feet tall. And even though their bodies are weird, they're strong looking. But this thing is huge. It's, you know, it's 10 or 12 feet tall and it's bearing down on Alton, who's got uh, what, a shovel between, like he was trying to fend it off. And as you watch, the thing sort of collapses on him and you can hear this grinding of bone and Alton's last like cry as all the air is squeezed out of him and his bones are crushed. So we'll be considering sanity again. And that's, uh, yeah. Two if you're two. (laughs) 2d6. I mean, sorry, 1d6 plus 2, but still. Hey, so, 8. <laughs> is there oh, right. A, oh, wow. Is there a loss if you pass? 2, please. 2 if you pass. So, it's, yeah, 1d6 plus 2 if you've My successful. intent was to stay with uh, Professor Dunleavy. Uh, Professor Dunleavy, did you rush outside? Yes, up until the point I saw this this thing bear down. um, At this point, I'm kind of like shocked and uh, and I kind of just look back at you like this isn't going to be on the final. Uh, (laughs) So with the loss of eight, I am now indefinitely insane. Uh, yeah. So uh, off to a wonderful, wonderful get going here. So I'm in the same boat. Okay. Uh, 
Now wait, do we have? Do we need to roll uh, intelligence? Uh, with not for you, because yeah, yeah. But uh, Tom, you might, because you only lost this in one. Uh, for my intelligence, I got a zero one. Good work. I really understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what kind of likely. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you what I was about to intend on doing. Please do. I, I'm a reporter. I was going to run for cover and hunker down behind something and then keep peeking out and writing down, you know, the creatures came at us with, uh, you know, like this to, to try and do that. So flee and panic might be <laughs> exactly what I do. I'm a wall correspondent. I'm wondering whether you're, there's a, uh, is there a, a appropriate mania for writing everything down that happens? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I believe that writing it down will save me from it. Nobody would ever harm a reporter. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to get with. You, you're compelled to note everything that happens for the time being. Uh, you might even start like, yeah, right. And if you run out of ink, then you're going to start doing other things. Yeah, what? Uh, Professor Bergman, uh, this has been something you've studied and been fascinated about your whole life, and now it's been shoved down your throat. Uh, Yeah, I think I think it's clear enough on some level uh, that these are drowger that will give you necrophobia, a fear of dead things. Uh, and your immediate panic response can be, you know, you can you can either faint or flee at will. Um, but you're going to be. <clears throat> Robert, uh, we'll see you on class on Monday and uh, I'm <laughs> off I go. You could, you can, yeah. Uh, do do another intelligence roll for that escape. We'll see whether you just run into the woods, or rather, you could figure out the way to town. Ninety. Okay, you're going uphill into the darkness. Right. It's going to be a little while until we see you again. Is there a way I could? Out. Is there a way I could uh, follow, track down my professor, and try to try to move him in a more sane? You, you can certainly, I, I would say, uh, we'll treat it as, as sort of non-combat combat rounds. If you want to spend the next okay, got it. short period of time following him, then you can start trying to soothe him when the initial useless period is over. You, you might, you know, he might, you should be cautious. Okay. The woods are getting dark and he's nuts. Uh, how are the rest of you doing? <laughs> So, uh, Christopher uh, is holding it together, but the 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 war experience <clears throat> is really kind of coming into play here. So he he kind of hunkers back a little bit to take a couple more shots, and then his intention is to flee because he was never really a combatant. Um, but Christopher also recognizes that there's something important here 
we came to a document. And so um, I want to first try and take two pictures and see if I can, you know, hold my hand steady enough to take clear shots. And then as I flee, I want to grab the statue and preserve it so it doesn't get lost in the, in the chaos that I think is going to ensue because I want to get away from these monsters. So you have taken how many total sand loss so far? Uh, Just three or I've lost sand twice and each time two. So I've lost four. So you're up to four. So you're, and you're, and you're, you're, you're trying to keep things together. You're trying to take pictures. You, and when you pick the thing up, you realize that it will burn you. It's so cold. Ah, all right, all right. It is. It is not just out of the freezer. It is colder than that, which doesn't mean you can't wrap it in something. But you, okay, you know, you have you have the presence of mind to let go of it before you do damage. Okay. Um, I had previously. Do lost. I see him try that? Yeah. Um, ah, so cold. I. It depends on how fast you got away. <clears throat> Or backed away. Sure, you can be aware of that. Yeah. Um. I'm, so I'm. I'm. So we're still in the tent. We're kind of. Some of us have You're left backed. the tent, but right. Those who okay. backed into the tent. So backing into the tent. Um. And I kind of look back at Pat, and I'm just like, um. So. We may have a problem. Uh. And I don't know if it's, and Pat, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right out there. Okay. So I'm going to need you to remember everything you, you know about North mythology right now. I need you to start thinking about it. Uh, when looking around, do I see any of those oil tarps like they were using to cover some of the sites here or anything, any type of fabric that's lying around? Uh, this is, this is the work tent. Uh, there is no shortage of, Small and large oil cloths, bits of canvas, wooden crates of various sizes, that old wooden Excelsior. A satchel? Both of you could do a listen roll. Sure. While you're, and I guess Christopher as well. You guys are all. 13. Great. That's a fail. 86. Hard success. Okay. So Gibson's looking around for something to do something with, and it's still uh, Pat and Christopher. All you hear outside is crickets uh, and an engine idling and maybe some some small human chatter, like, like anxious talk. You don't hear screams or monstrous roars or big cracks, it sounds like nothing's happening outside. I, I look around in the tent. Lanky, Lanky, where are you? And then I want to I look and see if Lanky's outside. Yeah, Lanky's backed up to a tree not far from the front of the tent. And he's been watching the whole scene. And what he has seen is two of the... Uh, University kids and uh, your hostess, uh, Harriet Dempsey, are in the truck sort of looking around anxiously. He watched four, no, five of the 
blue mutant things look around and then just turn and walk away sort of toward the I guess the northeast so I just crushed off. the guy you saw you lost your mind after he was crushed oh yeah uh, and then, and actually, if if anybody can read his notes, why don't you try? If if you can get a hold of Lanky, only Lanky saw what was next. Oh, Lanky. but yeah, go ahead and have to look Where, around if you where'd want. Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Christopher kept coming up and asking me where'd they go. I continued writing down everything that I was... Snap thinking. out of it, man! Christopher grabbed a hold of Lanky and started shaking him and slapping him in the face. Inducing a further indefinite insanity. No! It's... Snap out of what it! Hell? What the hell happened? Where am I? She's stressing the like 14 pages. Matthew Bergman, what's your constitution like? Oh, it's a cool 45. Great. Roll that baby. 16. That's Fantastic. A that means uh, that you uh, tired out your grad student before you staggered to the base of a tree in the increasingly darkened woods. And you didn't have a heart attack because if you'd had another one of your triple zeros, yeah. they'd be carting you off. So, uh, Keeper, are we saying yes. that what I saw now, it didn't happen, and my book is full of scribbles? Or? No, you're, but you're probably not able to remember what you wrote down, because you were doing, it was a direct loop right. from sensory to pencil while you were hiding from reality. So you're starting to breathe again, and we can flip through. It's going to be hard to read. But you've got what you saw, and as people start to explore, you'll find that it matches. The, pla the place is clear. Uh, Harriet eventually gave up on you guys and drove away. Um, there are two corpses that are new. Alton's crushed, and okay. another another person that you don't recognize. The other thing that you witnessed is that the big blue monster that crushed him has deflated and is basically a loose sack of old bones. The monster doesn't, isn't still there, yeah. but the crushed, bleeding, you know, chill, cooling body is there. And there's one other, but there were at least 10 people outside the tent and they all fled or and the other monsters went away. And, and Harriet, Harriet jumped in the truck. Harriet's waited for, in the truck for you guys and called out, but eventually fled the scene. There is another vehicle. She just took the, you know, escapees. So you guys might be able to get a car if you try, if you want to leave. Chris, let's so my car and the others are. Did I get lost trying to find uh, the Professor Bergman, or am I am I just where, no? Where am I? Oh, he wasn't. Okay. No, he you know he should have tired out 
sooner than he did. And okay. he gave you a merry chase through the woods. Oh, got it, got it. And then when he finally slumped against a tree and started breathing again, you sort of, you know, gave him a little... Now, Robert, I appreciate your devotion to academia, but my office hours are clearly posted in the syllabus. Professor? Now is not a good time. We're going to get you back to the rest of them. Let's... If you remember, a preliminary uh, progress on your translation is due on Monday. I know. I'm going to try me, to get I it done. I have to get back to grading these papers real quick. I just need your... I, I just need you for one moment. We're just going to... We're just going to go back to... Uh, uh, Professor Dunle- Dunlevy, and uh, we're just going to take you t- take you to him. Is that does that sound good? Well, I, I would hate to turn away such a such a devoted young student, so I suppose I could spare some time. Um, I try to guide him back to the. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, and if you had great psychology, then it would be fun to make your role for psychology, but you probably don't, and so we're twenty five. We're just going to let that role play stand as how things move forward. He's got a phobia anyway. Uh, So there's a gradual reconvening, right? Pat helps Professor Dunleavy figure out a way to put the object in in a way that could be carried. Pat and Christopher find a way to carry the object without burning their hands. Uh, And, you know, you try to read lanky's notes and get and you can look at the evidence on the scene and the other thing that's obvious as you like look at the dead bodies that are new and the dead bodies that are old is that that unexcavated cemetery or gravesite there's a lot of holes in it it wasn't six or eight things that came out of the cemetery it's about a hundred like holes big enough for a person to climb out holes that at least a person came out of. Uh, I mean, it wasn't there. They, they had to come up a lot and they didn't, it wasn't clean, but the rumbling sound earlier that was like a rock slide was a mass exodus from the local burial ground. And around the time you guys are like calm enough and have looked around, and the moon's rising. That who's carrying the, the the figure, and in what sort of configuration? Wrapped in in the, what the the towels in, and then put that inside a satchel. If I'll, I'll have it slung over, if that's okay, unless Professor Dunleavy uh, wanted to carry it. Uh I think I would want to carry it um, just, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I sling the satchel, you know, over my, you know, over my shoulder. And and so I'm looking out the tent and I can see these holes now because of the moonlight. As you, I mean, given that we've taken a little time to, to inspect the area, again, as you, as you came out of the hills and out of the tent and sort of, met as a group and had a look around. If you inspect the two corpses, there are two people. One of them was the fellow you met, Alton. The other one was also crushed. So their body is bruised and diminished. And there's some, you know, there's some bones poking out. Um, And 
and then on top of it is lying a, a desiccated old corpse or, or just blood. next to it. Dear God, Professor, uh, look at all the holes out there. There could be so many more than just the ones we saw. Yeah, more Did- than we can handle. Um, we have to get out of here. Um, We've got to warn the town. This look, they killed two people already. And look, they went off in 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 uh, in this direction. I wonder if there's any people living in that direction. Where where's where's Professor Manning? Uh, Professor Manning, uh, if you can uh, smack him into consciousness, uh, he was lying around the side of the tent, the main tent. Uh, he's basically swooned. Uh, his only response is, uh, it's, uh, I don't, it, I, uh, makes no, uh, it can't, I don't, it couldn't, I don't, it's, did you? Oh, I, slap him. Just like, snap out yeah. of it. We got to get out of here. Oh, 1920 okay. psychology. <laughs> oh, oh, Levy. Oh, could you see it? Could you see them? They just yeah, walked I, I away. Saw, I saw it. Uh, we need to we, we need to find a way out of here. I I tried to stop one. I tr- I I I after Alton I tried and he he just flung me off and I he didn't look back. He, they just all walked toward toward town. I can't. It didn't. I can't. Calm down. Not, Calm down. We we, we got to get out of here. Come on. And I'll kind of put my arm around him and, you know, kind of try to lift him up and walk him back to the tent. Um, and I'll, I'll get him a little shot of the, that uh, beverage that he had that we he cracked open idea. for us and just give him like a little shot here. Here, Professor, try, try oh. this. Oh. Great idea, Pat. Drink up, Professor. That'll help you with your nerves. Yeah. So, Professor, in your professional opinion, do you think those were the Daruga? Uh from what I have read in passing, yes, it seems pretty accurate. And is it normal for them to all come back to life and attack people? It's not normal for them to come back at all. Hence, hence the problem. Mythological. Not even, they don't even exist. It's not a real. Yes, <laughs> we always thought it was like a like it was like a like a a representation of you know of uh, their undying need to protect certain things. You never thought there was actually Dwauger out there. Well, I've, I've got 14 pages of uh, direct uh, correspondence about them as I was a little uh, bit out of my mind, but I wrote down what I saw. Oh, Lanky. Can we, yeah, I, I actually panicked in the moment. Could, could, could I take a look at that? Yeah, yeah it's a little scribbly, but uh, I, a second. Robert, the grad student, wanted to see my notes. So let him take a look. Professor Manning, having sort of, you know, shrugged himself into a little bit of coherence, walks over and looks at the at the body that isn't uh, of Alton's, and he says, "Oh, that's Medford King. That's that's Alton's cousin. That was Alton's cousin." Alton brought him in. Huh. And that's when you hear the first couple of pops in the distance. Uh, Gunshots, probably. 
from down the hill in the town of Rockport. And if you're very keen afterwards, you know, screaming. Um, Mr. Herrick, I need my book. Uh, quickly scanning over his notes, do I, do I see any insight uh, from his reporting towards the scene that I might have missed in my normal perception? Uh, the, the only thing I believe that he caught as a purely observational character was that the creatures seem to be sensing kind of olfactorily, you know, a little bit like cats, and that they only attacked two people out of the dozen that were here. And then when Alton was dead, they turned as a group and walked away. Uh, a perceptive man-like. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll kind of turn to Pat. And so we kind of realized that they, they only attacked two people. And after that, they walked away. Um, I'll ask, hey, Pat, um, come here for a second. I, I know it's going to be disgusting, but uh, let's search these bodies and let's see if there's there has to be a reason why they were the only ones attacked because the professor professor manning said he tried to stop one and instead of killing him it just knocked him out of the way that's a good good point here i'll, I'll grab uh, i'll start going uh medford i'll take a look at medford so i'll kneel down and start looking around and, and robert you were saying something do you remember your thought i lost my train of thought he was looking over my notes Christopher leans into Lanky and says, did I hear that Professor Manning, right? Is there some reason you think that the two people that were killed were, were family? I, 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 I can't offer my opinion. I just report the facts, sir. I'm going to try and capture more. That's bloody, you're never you, going to be able to use those bloody photographs the... in the newspaper. <laughs> Have you not? Hey, actually, actually, I, it is a good question. Chris, when you took that picture, did they look at you or turn towards you or come at you? I mean, you were the most obvious target with a big, bright, flashy bulb. No one and seemed we, to. I took my pictures and ran, but I, no one chased me. So, can I have my book back? Thank you. Uh, so, so, in your opinion, because the two fellows were related in some way, this might have something more to do with the particular bloodline, maybe. The sound of violence in the town of Rockport has increased. Um, the, the road on the old truck from when you turned out of downtown took you about three minutes, but walking would probably take longer. There's there, still a truck here. Yeah, there's there still a vehicle. There's a there's a yeah, there's a wagon that you could all get in. Do we want to go to town? There's people that are in trouble. Maybe we could help. And how, in your opinion, Pat, are we going to help them? Keep Do you have a gun? Um hey, say you... Linky, we could be the first ones there to, to capture it and report it for the papers. 
Well, I feel safe there, quite quite safe. I'm I'm quite immune to their attacks, but uh, not sure about the rest of you. Can I I'm kind uh, of attest ask, to you, Zimmerman? Ask you for uh, cult rolls again. Nope. And keeper, do do we realize do we realize that this all started after we translated that uh, thing in English? Uh, may I spend four luck to succeed the occult roll? Uh, well, S Stu has got one that he's excited oh. about. Yeah, <laughs> my occult's five. I rolled a three. <laughs> That's exciting. We should do that. Actually, why don't you spend two to make it extreme? And then it'll cost you something. Okay. And you'll spare the poor grad student. And and Professor Dunleavy, you did realize that. We don't need an idea roll. It might have taken a little while because of shock. And also, even though it's insulated, you're wearing it. And you can hear as there are screams in the town of Rockport that that thing is making sort of crackling noises. And it just gets colder. And Pat, what you're flash is the, the thing healed the thing became whole when that that curse was announced and then things started to go awry so yeah. if that thing wasn't whole and somebody went to a lot of trouble to break that thing too many hundreds or thousands of years ago so maybe that artifact is necessary for what's going on yeah, I, I just verbatim relay that to everybody. <laughs> you're saying you saying I recited a spell, Pat? It, it, it makes sense. It fits. It just just. Do you see it? Uh, right. Don't. But think about the words. We basically told them to get up and and slay the sailors' foe. So so what? They, they were fishermen. Anton was a fisherman. Why would they kill a fisherman? He's a sailor. Well, maybe there's more answers in town. I mean, what's a sailor's foe? A sailor's foe is a, what? A pirate? A sailor's foe could be anything. It could be some type of sea creature. It could be like a, like a, a like a sea serpent or a, you know sea monster. It could be. I mean, some people would consider like sirens or mer or mer people to be a sailor's foe. Mer people, you got your you got your little statues of mer people there. Oh, uh, look, maybe we it just. I don't know. Can I can I see that statuette real quick? Uh, yeah. So I'll I'll take it back to the table that we were examining on originally, and I'll kind of unwrap it so he can see it. Okay. Excellent. I'm it's gonna little, hit it with a shovel. It's a little <laughs> hard to unwrap because it's frozen all the material around it to itself. Oh can I it, can I attempt to intervene? <laughs> yeah, attempt if he's gonna to try to smash it, I would like to stop him. <laughs> Let's grapple. Yeah. Uh well, first of all, you could there's the problem of getting it unwrapped because the oil cloth is frozen hard around it. Uh, if you, it's going to take a minute or two to find some work gloves and maybe you get a little pick under there and start to unwrap it. It's so cold that you can feel it at a distance of a few feet. And it's finally clear and it's, you know, it's again, rhymed with frost. 
Uh, and you want to have an argument about whether to shuffle it? I mean, argument's an interesting word. I'm trying I, to smash it with a shovel. <laughs> I, I, argument is a strong word. I would definitely like to stop him. <laughs> yeah, once I see his intention. Yeah. If no, I, I can, can see, see his intention in and, time. And I want to capture the melee. <laughs> yeah, the professors <laughs> all turn on one another as they look at the statue. And, yeah. it's, it's primarily uh, Robert and Gibson trying to stop him. Is uh, that correct? Uh, yes. Yes. I guess you, I'm right you, next to it, and Gibson is like on the other side, and we just see it. We happen to turn and see him come with the shovel, and I guess we're going to try to stop him. Okay, we'll do a brief. We'll do a grapple then. Dex, please. Okay. Right for an old man. That's a fail. Seventy nine. <laughs> uh I Let's could see. I spend ten luck to make that a hard success? Not in combat. No. No problem. Okay, I failed. So that was a but, 40, uh, 40 under 60. Yeah. yeah, but you you yeah, you had no success no success to oppose you. So yeah, you you sort of reach up and tap the shovel, and he's already overbalanced. So you sort of bring it back and he goes, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> So I'm just like if, if you I'm, excuse can, me, Dunleavy, I've come up with the brand new test to learn some new things about this artifact. If you will please uh, let me conduct them. So I'm just For like, knowledge, of course. Professor, you need to calm down. Can I like light? I don't want to hurt him. Can I like forcibly but lightly put him to the ground? I, I think that that you you were that grapple allowed you with his failure and your success that you can you can seat him without damaging him, which you okay. were not trying to. Um, okay, there's so another series of pops in the distance. Uh, there's clearly like some mayhem down in Rockport and the unwrapped statue sitting on the table is a little sort of sparkly blue sizzle through it. And you can feel the air in the tent get colder. Maybe, maybe Professor Berkman's right. Uh, th that thing's just no good. Things are really bad coming from this. Well, remember it, it repaired itself when it was damaged. I, I, I don't, I, I, I think we'd we'd risk some sort of retaliation from the thing if we believe it's 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 as powerful as we're making it out to be. Yeah, if it's what powerful if enough to, to, to bring back the dead, it's powerful enough to hurt us when we try to threaten it. So are we just going to sit here as a calmly to turns us all into popsicles? No, what we, if you try we had to go up. Put it in the fire. You know, Lanky. That's one of the first things you've ever said to me that made any damn sense. How many things? As much as I don't like it, I kind of feel like that may be the move. I mean, is there a uh, like a wood burning stove or something here? They haven't been doing work in the off season, uh, but there's a fire pit because when you have people outside working, they like to you know cook stuff outside and hang out around a fire. It would take a little a little time to set it up, but you could definitely build a pyre. Why don't we? Why don't we get it into town? Something's going on in town, and this has something to do with it. Maybe if we bring this to town, we may be able to save some people. I'm with well, Professor. Maybe, maybe, maybe if we heat yeah. it up, we'll be able to save some people. How? We could heat it up. We could try that uh, that hypothesis in town. How no, are you going to get it to town? To transport it. Throw it so the bay. It's, 
It's we've got so a, we've got a truck just outside, uh, Lanky. Yeah, there's an old station wagon nobody's gotten into. I'll run out and see if uh, the keys are still in it, and if it's if I can get it started. Make sure you take a shovel. Oh yes. Can't start a truck with a shovel. Just you can case. hit someone in the head with it. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, the, the this little session again starts fine. It might have belonged to the other uh, king cousin. So I'll pull the car up right outside the tent. So when we're ready, we right can there. go. It's ready to go. So it seems to me the problem is going to be how do you transport the thing? If it was so cold inside, wrapped in cloth, now well, it's even colder. We'll throw it in the trunk and we'll just... Go right back. It's just going to be a couple minutes. It's really to... only it's only minutes till town, and you can hear again like these the pops of occasional sporadic gunflower gunpowder gunfire, and again cries of distress. Okay, we need to hurry. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. If we won't do the fire here, right? I don't like how Anton keeps looking at me. All right, Alton, let's go. But yes. All right, so I, I guess, are we all jumping in the car? I guess we're going to have to be careful yes. not to let that thing touch us if it's in the back. Hold it off with a shovel. Wrap it with a few more pieces of oilcloth and canvas. You're going to have to get those all off of it again. Now, fire, fire than... can do that. Fire can do that. Yeah, just throw the whole lock, stock, and barrel right into the fire. Well, that makes sense. The oil cloth should go up like like a furnace. Yeah. As your as your uh, Pat is going to be driving, you guys pile in two more into the front seat, two in the back seat. Leave the chilling object behind you. Uh, you as you pull toward on the road toward. Rockport proper, you can see, you know, the lighthouse in the distance. There's a couple of fires, though, and you also see the quarry, which is the biggest business in town these days since fishing declined. So, roll idea. Everyone? Yeah. 92. 74. I'm having no ideas today. Mm-mm. Triple zero is bad, right? Oh. <laughs> it is bad. Okay. That's that's when Professor Dunleavy licks the statue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the third triple zero. This uh, really geez. had some amazing roles tonight. <laughs> you guys are gangbusters, overachievers. Like, Had a bunch of triple zeros. Uh, Robert also failure. I failed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nobody. Nobody had any ideas. You're cruising to town. <laughs> so that's interesting. Uh, as you get closer to town, you see a couple of uh, dead bodies on the way, and Matthew uh, has to roll to not freak out. Are they crushed? Are they dead by virtue of being smashed? Like they're like they're Delta? almost. Always in pairs, one crushed and one desiccated next to or on top of it. Huh. Well, I, I am freaking out. Okay. 56 was too high a roll for my current 
power and sanity. Lanky, so. lanky. It's looking like these monsters. They're they're crushing people, and then the monsters are just like evaporating or dying or something. It's turning into a pile of goo. Hey, Keeper. Yeah. I think I might have just had the idea that we rolled for and didn't have. <laughs> Sometimes the soul takes a while to reach down into the body. <laughs> so as, as we're driving, I say to everybody, I say, hey, you know, the quarry, I bet they have rock crushing uh, equipment. Um, you could toss that statue in a rock crusher. Okay. Just that's, that's... Right, and if that doesn't work, we can use shovel. dynamite. And even as Lanky is saying that, the rank smell of urine fills the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and it Sorry. takes a moment, and then everyone turns to Professor Bergman, who's weeping quietly. Um, Bergman, remember, they didn't come for you in the first camp. They didn't come for you. They, they had very specific they're, they're, targets. They're, they're dead. They're, they're, they shouldn't. He shouldn't be left out like that. They're looking at me, Robert. Does anybody can't else have them look at me? And Robert, we know has 25 in psychology. Anybody else got a soothing idea for Professor Berkman? Sure. Uh, I have a 20 in psychology. I could give it a go. You could all try. It's not, he's not going to get much work. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, 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 Professor. I have a hard success. Let me roll to see. Uh, Dr. Bergman, it, it's it's going to be all right. Is this all your fault? Yes, but it can be fixed. It will be okay. I, I roll. Yes. I roll a triple zero. So I'm just going to scream in the doctor's face. Okay. Right. Luckily, you were in the back seat, and also it turned out that what Matthew needed was a very tough love from the German, who, whose cruelly sharp approach to the reality of the situation, gave you a sense of purpose. Because you do have to fix it. You can't right. see any more dead bodies. You've you're seen right. enough right. dead this, bodies. This today. has this has to stop. And you're right, Lanky. The quarry will be much better than my shovel approach. Let's let's go to the quarry. Hey, you can always throw it into the bay if you have to. So, so I'll increase the whole bay. So you're zooming into town as best you can. Of course, there's stuff like bodies now on the street to avoid and uh, some crashed cars. And you have to stop before you can. The, the street becomes impassable. Uh, a few blocks from the quarry proper. And there are dozens, at least, of these things lumbering around in the gaslight uh, and under the moon. They're all a little bit different. Uh, the color is wrong and the shape is wrong. The only thing that's consistent is that they're smelling with their noses and their mouths and their eyes are like little coals. And when you, when your car moves, four of them turn toward you and scent the air and then just move away. And then there's a wooden framed house just to the left of where you had to stop. And as you're trying to you know, figure out if you could pull through, the front door bangs open, the house is lit inside 
and a woman carrying a small child runs out and one of the things comes pounding after her and it snaps the wooden steps and she stumbles on the cobble, the, the, you know, the stone of her walk. And she sort of, you know, she falls so that she doesn't smush the kid who's maybe five or six. And the thing almost steps on her as it lumbers on chasing the small child into the craze of the streets. And it's breathing <laughs> after the child. Oh my God. And we, we gotta we gotta save that kid. It's gonna kill it. We gotta kill we gotta crush, we gotta we gotta we gotta but, smash it, Pat. Yeah, but but this is on the way, isn't it? I mean, it's this will just take us a minute. Do you we say it's impossible? Do we have to get out of the truck now and make you, it on foot? Yeah, you're gonna have to move forward on foot. So we got here with essentially zero stealth. They the the dogger saw us coming. They looked in our direction and they ignored us and went after a small kid. That's all true. I put my hand on Chris. I'm like, Chris, you need to get a close-up of one of these things. They don't look like they're attacking any of us. As as that is, that is true. I mean, they're not attacking us. They're only attacking people from town. Even the, even at the bay, even at the uh, the site, it only killed people from town. And they're not Every- attacking everybody in town either. But we, we, right, we just need to. That woman, she married someone, and it's the someone that the baby's got the the bloodline of. Wonder if they're all part of the same family line. Is the toddler getting making distance from the monster? I mean, the monster's going to. Outpace the toddler, and it's getting you know you've got to look through some smoke to follow it, and there's other combat on the streets happening. Of you know, like there because there there are villagers who are not being attacked who are trying to kill these things, uh, and they you know there must be some success because there are some old corpses on the street. Don't look, Matthew. That wasn't going to wasn't that don't to. have that don't have crushed bodies under them, but it, there was it was a it was a large cemetery. So it looks like one of these creatures will go after one target. So I'm going to rush and try to get the toddler, pick him, pick him up, and and run with the one the toddler to get him distance from the thing. All right. So the car we're, we're getting out of the car. So the, the car stopped at an angle. There's a couple of crashed cars in front of it, probably a lamppost over here. Uh, there's, you know, so there's small fires, but uh, nothing, it's, town is interrupting. Um, and there, it's, again, it's darkish and there's smoke. It's hard to make everything out. Pat leaves the driver's seat and rushes across the sort of accidental barricade Pat. to get between one of these things and a, and a kid. I, I just yell out, I have to get this kid away from the thing. It's going to get killed. I'll be right back. I'm, uh, I'm going to run with him to get a first-hand account. <laughs> I, I grab uh, Professor Dunleavy's shoulder and go, Professor, we're not far from the quarry. If you want to get rid of this thing, let's go. Um, okay. 
So I'm looking at Pat kind of like running away and I'm just like, he's a really good grad student. Um, Remember him well in your speeches. Let's go. <laughs> I don't want to just, I, I can't just leave him. Um, I, I think the best way to save Pat would be he can buy some time and we try to stop them this way while it's chasing after them. That's an excellent idea, Robert. Full marks. Okay. Let's get, let's get going. As much as I hate to admit it, that is, you know, because I don't want to leave Pat, but that is, that is true. So I'll start making my way towards the quarry. I yell, wait, don't do anything until I get there. Sure thing, Lanky. Well, so I guess if we're running at this point, so I'll kind of turn around and like, okay, what, you know, don't take your time and just keep, you know, I'll turn around and start running. So Pat. What's your, how did you spell your last name again? <laughs> so, <laughs> Lanky has a, a, a dex limitation and that it's hard to write and run. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pat, uh, the downtown streets of Rockport are slightly paved over cobblestone, so they're hard to run on. Oh. Uh, I'd, I'd like you to roll luck for me. For me? You've got a lot of luck. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I'm super dexterous. Good. But, so, we, but it's luck, not dex. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I got another O2, double O2. So you're looking at the wreckage of a New England street. You have no trouble catching up with this thing, but this thing is not going to a hard time catching up with a small kid with a, with a, you know, a hurt knee. What do you find on the wreckage of New England street that you can use to try to attack a seven foot tall, dark blue misshapen thing with like a little bit of an extra hand coming out of one of the arms that's oh, lumbering so after this the, child. The, the creature's right pretty much on top of the little kid. The, kid, the creature's catching up to the kid, but you're catching up to the creature. Okay, so let's see. So as I'm going, if, if it's going to be that close, then I'll look for uh, like good size fallen branches or if I'm passing uh, a car or whatever. Um, it's in town, so you can hope for more mechanical apparatus. In oh, fact, yeah. people have been in pitched battles, so there's stuff around. Oh, yeah. So like if there's a baseball bat or a, a crowbar, maybe another shovel or something like that. Yeah, you've got, you, you, or you could have actually run with the shuffle. Yeah. Given that you had it. Yeah. But let's, let's give you something more like uh, somebody tried to defend a friend of theirs with uh, a nice big um, uh, fireplace poker. Fire poker. Like a heavy iron with a, a hook and a poke. Almost like that. Yeah. Uh, and you, and it's behind you, and as you're behind it, it's completely unaware of you. So you get a surprise attack. Ah! Um, so roll, roll that attack. Okay, I am not really cut out to be an attack kind of guy. Oh wait, actually, wait. Oh, come on, be nice to me. Oh, 40, 40 out of forty-five. It's a hit. Ah! There you go. Patfonia flew through the air with a weapon in his hand, brought it down upon the head of the strange Dewaka. 
where did you, where were you going to, where were you going to go? Back of the skull, back of the shoulder, gut, what were you looking for? Um, let's see. So if I'd be kind of coming from its flank, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe try to like the, the temple of it. Land mm. something right in there. I'm sorry. And what did you roll again? I, I rolled a, uh, a regular hit. Uh, standard, standard. All right. Can um, I can I put luck into it to push it to a? No, it's just it's it's pure combat. But you know, again, he wasn't uh, trying to get out of the way. Uh, you know what the heck? Why don't you take a, a bonus die on that? Oh wow! Thank you. Uh, and that's the reroll of the d10 die. Okay. Right. Uh, oh no! So no, that didn't work. The, the didn't bump help. Didn't help. Um, okay. Uh, what is that? Is that a two d eight sort of impaling bludgeon? I'm trying to speed through. Like a like a fire poker. The... Sounds like a one d six or a one d eight. Well, it's an iron bar. One d eight plus damage. One d eight plus damage. Okay, plus it's got a big hook oh, right. on the end of it. So right. That's sweet. Here we go. Like... Here's the D8. Seven. Oh, that's great. Um, so what, you know, it goes, it really sinks into the head of this thing. It doesn't just go into the temple the way it would on us because the skull's fragile. So it's like halfway into the skull of this thing, which stops it from moving completely. Doesn't cause it to fall. Uh, but it certainly buys the small child time to scamper out of the way. And instead of brains or blood, what comes out is basically like tar. And the thing turns toward you. Uh, give me a strength roll. Okay, here we go. I'm a big guy, dexterous guy, but not overly strong. Uh, 36 out of 55. So, so when it turns toward you, you can hold on to the handle of the fire iron and it doesn't just yank it out of your hand. It just sort of like crunchily pulls away from the skull with a piece, you know, a couple of chunks of tissue as well as the tar. And it looks at you and it... So terribly sorry. And I try to step back so I'm out of its arm's reach. And it turns away from you and starts to stagger after the the kid who scampered into the darkness. It shows no interest in a counterattack. And its head is sagging a bit on that side as it as stuff, but it's walking heavily. Can, can, can I make some kind of recollection of like the the creatures like this? that were dead along the roads? Did I notice a common wound amongst them? I'll take an idea roll. Sure. Uh, uh, 34. Oh, please, please not be an idiot. Okay, cool. Hey, it's a success. The ones that are shriveled up and on top of bodies are on top of bodies. Uh, The ones that have shriveled up are independently there's so little left except for bone and hair and a, a bit of fabric. Yeah. There's no sort of kill the brain plan. Break its leg. Concern. 
Yeah. Break its leg. Right. So that took, a, you know, just moments of pitched battle, which uh, Lanky caught. Meanwhile, the rest of you are trying to make your way toward the quarry. A pretty good idea. It's harder to see now that you're in town than it was from when you're on the hill. But you can, you know, there aren't that many roads. As soon as you get across the barrier of crashed vehicles, and there's a there's a fallen telegraph pole as well, uh, you also come across a, a scene of violence. Um, there's uh, a fellow wearing. Uh, oh wait. Um, there's a fellow in overalls who's at the corner of a, of a lane and he's got a pickaxe and you see him like halfed up and swing it at, at a, a pair of the things. One of them, you know, he swings it uh, at the one to his left and he gets a good chunk into its chest and it, and it sort of tugs at it. It's similar. It, it doesn't make it go away but it can't attack him. And then the one on the right, who was going swells up in size, like the giant one you saw attacking Alton. It gets much bigger and it's just a fall on the fellow with the pickaxe. And he's sort of on the corner around which you have to go to, your, to the quarry, that, that's your destination. I think we need to stay on task. I, I, I think that we, if we want to save Pat, we need to um, solve the problem here. And it, as unfortunate as it is, I think we risk all of our lives by trying to intervene. Yes, that's, a, that's an astute observation, Robert. Uh, Thank you, Professor. Very, I, I concur. I concur. Uh, so, this guy, so, the, so this guy's on the way. I mean, uh, do we still have a shovel? You brought a shovel in the car, and Pat didn't run off with it, so any of you can have picked it up. Um, since we're getting out the car, I will pick up the shovel and run at this thing. And uh, I guess, since I don't know anybody, I'll try to knock it out. Don't let me. Okay. Um, again, well, the thing you, actually the thing is in the process of growing, and you could hear sort of snapping and stretching sounds as it does so, uh, as it hulks over this uh, fellow in, in overalls. So I'll give you also a surprise attack. Um, Although I guess those of you who witnessed this thing double in size should also do a sand roll. I know you're getting kind of over it. Actually, and we'll leave Bergman out of it because Bergman doesn't- I've lost Max Sand of these already. Yeah. I can't Bergman's, lose anymore. <laughs> Bergman's gone. Due, to, due to the loss of sand, I'm now rolling over my current sand. So I just failed. Right, it's just I, one. I it's, it's just one. You guys are only- it is, it's grotesque and frightening to see these things change, but you are aware that these things are monsters and you'd seen a giant one. You just hadn't seen the transformation. As, uh, as Dunleavy is running towards it to fight it, I'm going to move to 
uh, well, I, I'll take a picture, but I want to move to uh, Professor Bergman and talk to him. But I'll, I'll do that as an aside after the comment. Sure. All right. So you're going to choose the, um, the blade side of this shovel at a run at this thing's head. You're mute. Sorry. Yeah, I'll swing. I'll scream. Get off of him. And I'll just use the blade side to swing at his neck. Okay. Uh, roll, roll to, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's a 19 under 25. Okay. So uh, you connect and that definitely interferes. Like it cuts in. The flesh is leathery. So there's some, you feel the resistance, but you know, the blade end moves through and there is again a sort of tarry bubble of matter out, and the thing has to reassess. And as it does so, the fellow in overalls like tries to peel himself away and make a run for it. Um, he gets he gets he, he's out of grappling range. He makes it a little way down. Um, he didn't get to keep his pickaxe, but he he knows the town. So you have interfered with the thing. And again, it, it regards you. And actually, this one huffs a couple times and then starts to collapse on itself. Although the, his fellow, the one with the pickaxe, has managed to sort of pull that out. And he starts to lumber after the fellow in overalls down a sort of wharfy area into town. The the one you the one you got in the neck has sort of run out of juice and begins to almost steam. And again, if you could hear it over the cries and occasional gunshot, I I guess you're pulling the statuette after you on a kind of sledge or something, like you pulled it out of the back of the pickup and you're just dragging it in its frozen wraps because you're not yeah. carrying it. Well, how heavy is it? It's not the weight, it's the fact that it's so cold. That I, it know, I, I know, we have shovels though, so I think we might be carrying it away from us on the end of a shovel. Well, it didn't start out that heavy. It's heavy stone and it's this big, but it's now encased in increasingly heavy like everything that touches it gets frozen to it. And the atmosphere itself is damp enough and it keeps, it keeps getting colder. Okay. So, so it would be, yeah. Um, Pulling it. So you make it around the corner. Well, I uh, wanted to. <clears throat> yes. As, oh yeah. Have the conversation. please. Yeah. So as at the same time as, uh, as professor Dunleavy is, fighting and attacking I, I go to professor bergman and i say professor bergman if i'm recalling right you 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 translated that thing and it said something about about the the sailor's path the sailor's the sailor's bane being those those mer people and that the these mm -hmm. durgar would wake and fight and cry right do, right do you think that the durgar think that the people that they're hurting are 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 are, are mer people I... And, 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 and if so, let's, let's, let's hurry. Let's destroy this thing. This, this statue, you know, 
put it in a rock crusher or throw it to the bay. Let's do something to get rid of it. Maybe that'll break the spell. That's what that's what I've been trying to do. Christopher, but nobody seems to want to let me. God damn it. Well, let's go. (laughs) So uh, Pat and Lanky. uh, As far as you know, the 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 kid has scampered into the darkness and that creature lumbering after it. You know, is not an immediate threat to the kid. It's it actually it's. Oh, Tom, you're. Do we do we still have the uh, the poker? Yeah, the poker came out. Can murky, we at least intact. try to break the thing's legs with the poker so that it can't chase after the kid? Yeah, maybe give one more go at its leg. I mean, if it's not attacking us, we should be able to just walk up to it, crack it in the knee. After it regarded you. It, it turned away. So essentially you could have another uh, surprise attack on it, a, you know, a free blow. I, I wouldn't want to break its legs. You can't you, chase the kid. When you look at it, one of the legs seems to sort of have two knees and the other one just has one. Okay. They're not, you know, they're not built right. I'll go to the, to the leg with the one knee and just try to pop that knee out. Uh, Sorry, there. Nothing personal. Uh, and then, uh, and then, my intent is to right after the hit, like get great distance from it. I, I don't want it to like finally start seeing me as a threat and attack me. So, well, we got to get to the quarry. We're going to miss all the action. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got it, Larky. Just give me one second. And and oh, hey, yeah. God, I'm rolling pretty well tonight. That is a hard success. Oh, great. I mean, I just, it's, I, you're, you're asking to be cursed. So good. That, the hard success means that not only do you get a satisfying crack and see the thing start to, you know, lilt in one side, but you get the poker free without any trouble and can hoof it. Okay, yeah. And you guys I'm, can essentially triangulate toward the quarry from, you know, the different sides you left the vehicle. Uh, the, the quarry is not, does not sound peaceful. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a, you can see its wharf from which it docks to move stuff. And it's on a little spit of its own. And it's a fence thing. You can see there's a few buildings inside and there is, uh, people might've tried to shelter there because of the fence and so on. So there's a couple of drug or visible even in the in the sort of smashed open double gate that lets the trucks in and out um this might be a stretch but can i use my geology to find to know my way around a quarry or is that is that a bit of a stretch it that's pretty far from geology how how are people on heavy machinery or the like i'm 40 and heavy machinery see that's uh, that's an apt matter you've been around these a quarry then you haven't just been tapping rocks but you've uh can i spend luck you can okay i'll spend luck to get a normal success fine so uh you know there's you can see there's you know there's a, a sort of 
a, a small rail just for hand carts that moves around one side of the fence. There's a building that looks purely bureaucratic. Uh, and there's a, a tall, thin building that has heavy machinery attached to it. And you're like, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the stuff that does the hard moving, you know, not just the chugging up uh, conveyor belts or, you know, moving stuff around. So, you know, how you can, you can get there. Um, as you, as you, as you move through the gate and we're converging more or less, I think we'll find that, uh, let's see, Dunleavy's in the four with the object behind him. Um, Bergman is off to a side, watchfully near Dunleavy. Uh, and Christoph is in that group trying to, yeah, enjoying the fact that this time you feel like you're less likely to get hit with shrapnel. Uh, and then, and Robert, you're with them as well. Pat and um, came running up. Sort of, yeah, sort of pointing around. And then, yeah, Lenke's, Lenke comes up with this sort of gory thing. And Lenke like, keeps stumbling because he's writing as he goes. So I stop, in my, I stop dead in my tracks and I'm like, God damn it, I broke my lead. What the fuck? I'm going to go this over to what... rock and start sharpening my pencil. I... Would you give me a luck roll, please? Yeah. Or a pow, whichever you prefer. Passed it either way. Okay. Then, th then you use a rock and not your teeth. Because you really need to get a sharp pencil. Uh, well done. All right. So Robert, you are directing, and and then because that machinery is by uh, a, a bend on the spit that the quarry is on, you see again a small scene of combat. There's a a fellow with his back mostly to you, and he's got a little bit of an oil slicked. Um, uh, you know, water coat and a sou'wester on, and he's also fighting with one of the things. Uh, and there's another of the things lumbering toward him, and you can hear the the fellow in the rain slick cursing, but you know you can't hear what he's saying because you're on the water now. Um, but the you know the door to the facility is just to your left. It's again time to test your metal. Out of uh, cowardice and haste, I will try to direct people to uh, ignore the ignore the the person in peril and try to destroy the um, the statuette. You know, I point out, given that you've seen. Uh, Professor Dunleavy's heroics, you could say, you know, if you want to do it, do it, but I'll take the thing. Right, right. Uh, um, so 
I mean, at this point, so we're walking into the building. We see this guy fighting. Uh, like before you before you would enter the building on your left, ahead of you on the same spit of land is this is this conflict going on? Okay. And does he look like he's losing? Well, he's outnumbered. Like he's prodding at one with a pitchfork, but there's another one waiting. Like they've scented him. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if there, I would still, you know, try to hit at least one of them with the shovel if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give the. I mean, like like you said, if, if Robert said that, I would give the. I would give control of the object to him so he could keep moving. And I would try to hit one of these things. Good. Uh, how are the rest of you chasing, following, or acting? I like I like the going inside idea. Mm-hmm. Following Robert. Yeah, uh, I I have a little bit of experience with uh, being able to work some larger machinery, so maybe I could be handy. Uh, what's your machinery? What kind of machinery skills do you have? I have, uh, well, I've, I'm sure I've had some experience in the war doing some uh, machinist work. So, yeah, I've got some skill worth uh, operating some heavy stuff. So why don't you give me the best role in that capacity? It is a little... It's a different model than I've ever uh, seen before, and it's uh, it's a little uh, perplexing, a little difficult yeah, we'll to figure out. have to figure out. stuff out. It's uh, going to take Pat, some time. You're 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 breathing hard. You've had some events, also, but you feel a little bit like you've made progress in the world. What's your? Do you want to try to attack the combat scene or assist with the attempt to destroy the statuette? Idle. Do you want to stay outside and guard? Yeah, this is you, Pat. Oh, me? Oh, oh, yeah, oh. well, if I see, uh, so I'm coming up to the to the group. I see uh, my professor, Dunleavy, going into the fray. Then, oh, I could get extra credit points, too. Maybe uh, I could get a good, better grade. So I go in with the fire pick, and I just go right at it. I support his flank. Ah, for the university. Okay. Great. And uh, where's Lanky? What's Lanky going to follow? It's so hard. Well, I, I'm a little behind because uh, I had to sharpen my pencil, but I'm going to get a Pulitzer Prize out of this. So, uh, yeah, I'm running right up. I, I don't care about the monsters. They're not going to hurt me. So I'm just getting every detail that I can write down. I'm perfectly safe. Uh, student Herrick. So you run into the building that you've identified with the correct sort of external parts as having the, the rock crusher, and you flip on the heavy light switch and it comes on, and you realize that the rock crusher isn't on city power. It's, it's on a generator. It's got, it needs much too much juice, and that the, it's after hours. The generator's not on. Um, do I know how difficult it would be to um, turn on this generator? Well, we're going to leave it that realization for a moment because okay. you were like, I'm going to do it. And, okay. you know, and then Zimmerman was behind you. Let's throw it in the machine. And then like the machine doesn't, you know, uh-uh. nothing there. 
uh, Dunleavy and Pat run after uh, this group on the on the edge of the of the slip. Uh, Dunleavy's there first. Uh, let's roll to hit these active combatants. That is a triple zero. Okay. Uh, so you, uh, you know, you're barreling down toward this, you know, large, roughly human thing, and you pull your shovel up and swing, and it's wet, and there's rough rock, and you flip almost completely over and land rough on your flank on these hard stones and take a point of damage and skid sort of past them. Okay. They weren't defending, so you didn't get mauled. Uh, Pat, you've just seen this happen, and they did notice, like, there's a little bit of a... I'll, I'll try to duck around and, and land. Uh, I like that, uh, that knee pop I did before, so I'll try to duck around, go low, and get the, in the knee, hopefully. Okay. Just, just roll okay. Oh, uh, that's not okay. Can I do? Can I do uh, luck to hit? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. It's just nope. combat. Uh, so right, you uh, you kind of you know you don't you don't belly flop or anything. Yeah, just forty seven out of forty five. So. You yeah you just kind of like brush this the leg of one of these things with your fire iron and it again like so now both of the creatures that were attacking the guy in the sou'wester turn a little and uh as you guys turn to look even though nobody's attacked none of these draugr have attacked you you turn to look at what's happening and they've both just like turned their big ugly heads and uh, what you see is that the, the fellow that was fighting them, he takes that opportunity to shove his pitchfork into one of their chests and then he turns and looks at you, Professor Dunleavy, and he's got huge bulging eyes and this weird like almost perforated tiny nose and these jowls that go down in, well into his neck and he takes his old sou'wester off and his jacket and he dives into the frigid late May Atlantic and disappears. The guy we were trying to save? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so he looked like a, so it's safe to say he looked like, he, 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 he looked like a fish. He's he, a, he, I didn't he, want to use that, <laughs> um, but yes, the instrument look. The, the, yeah, it's actually, uh, it's worth a sand roll. Okay. Just a little uh, 14, I passed. It's one point. 
Me too, or or you're gonna you you probably had a chance to catch on there. He didn't give you the same fish faced look, but you saw what he yeah one d three. So, so so out of character, I know the Innsmouth look, but in character, would it be a fair thing to say that oh he looks like a mer person? Yeah, yeah. What every, every like the inkling you had that there was some kind of relational situation going on. You know, and you think back to Alton King, and he was a young guy, not bad looking, but his eyes were kind of wide set and they were kind of large. He had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a look. Um, um, so you I didn't was... see the, you know, the toddler who ran off, but. Well, I mean, just based off of what I would see, so. So now the the Dwarger are attacking Mer people in my head. Mm-hmm. I would run in so I could relay this information before anything is crushed. No, nope. okay. You got you. Know, you don't have a little time. You've got to gather yourself up. You got to you know. You might have cracked a rib even in that slide. Um, and in the meantime, uh, inside the complex you've got to find the generator make sure it's gassed up figure out how to turn it on and then turn on the machine which is going to take minutes instead of rounds and you know christopher after looking at the machine is convinced that that thing is far too complex i've never seen but a generator i'm sure i could start a generator i'm going to try and find that generator very good so why don't you do a year a machinery appropriate role again with a bonus. Uh, everyone or just Christopher? Just Christopher who's got that particular plan. And Success. Good. And there it's actually like it's in this little complex of buildings. The generator is next to the rock crusher because that would be silly. Because then you have like one rock spit out and a generator and everything's ruined. So it's got a little electrical, you know, box on the other side of a wall. So you go out and you find that and you're gonna, you know, and you've, you and Herrick have like, okay, we'll find the generator. So that's that's the pace you're at. And you'll probably, you know, yell or pound or come back when, oh, he'll hear it sputtering on. Yeah, I, I'll, I found the generator. So I'm gonna start checking it for operation, fuel and whatnot and get it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you know, quick check the tank is like, it was a normal working day. It was a Thursday. Um, everything's should be in proper order. They just don't leave it on at night. So, you, you know, give it, it's a, it's an old yank kind of starter and, you know, three pulls and the thing starts chug, chug, chugging away. All right. Uh, and yeah, you, you, why don't we say that when, when, uh, Professor Dunleavy, uh, uh, Professor Bergman, you've sort of been leaning against the wall, avoiding terror. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm watching, watching the artifact thing to make sure it doesn't go anywhere. So, uh, yeah, Pat uh, helps his professor uh, pick himself up off the off the rough slip. And you guys go back into the building that's got the lights on inside and the photographer is coming around. Uh, 
again, once in a while you hear a gunshot, but things have quieted down. Um, I think people have either figured out how to get away or at least stay ahead of the drogger, which aren't fast. They're just hard to stop. Uh, and so you guys all meet in this loud, tall, wooden building with machinery in it, part of which is this big hamper that you can throw large and very tough pieces of rock in to destroy them or pulverize them. Make gravel. So, Professor oh. Bergman, how are you feeling about this right now? We need to destroy this goddamn rock. Just help me get it in here. All right. I'll help him. But I got to keep everything in hand. I uh, close enough to yell. You're, you, you're all meeting in the, you know, around the doorway, not which is not far from the machine. You are in this in the same space again. It's loud, but you're all in the same oh. space. Okay, so I'll scream, wait. And I'll look what? over at I look over at Pat. It's like you saw what I saw, right? I did. Okay, Listen. so That's so her. I'll scream, we were fighting outside. That guy we were trying to protect, he was a mer person. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> We've just been fighting Dwagor for the past 20 minutes, and you're gonna get on me about mer people? No, but why the person. hell does that matter? We gotta destroy this thing. Because yeah, they're only going work. after mer people. It those, jumped those into were, the water. Those were hardworking mer people. They have families. I mean, they've been going at it for a long time. I, I don't know how much it matters now. But they call the mer people Sailor's Bane. If this is a Norse culture, pretty much everyone in the culture, even the children, were on a boat at some point in time. Whether it be for, 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 for raiding or for travel or for for trade they're sailors yeah. bane they're the keeps, bane of humanity the ice keeps growing on this thing dunlevy if we don't destroy it now we might not be able to do whatever besides us people have been living here in this rock boat for a long time that's don't the point see, are, are you saying you're on the bane? side of the monsters and not on the side of the little kid that was running away i'm saying i tried to protect someone and they had a fish mouth and they you had look. giant eyes. They had that Innsmouth look. Somebody yeah, throw the statue. I'm pushing this. I'm pushing this into the hopper. We that's... can sort out the mer people later, but this thing's got to go. The mer people are the problem. They're that's why they're not attacking us. So we're going to enter. Uh, we're not going to call it combat rounds, but action rounds. <laughs> you know, everyone's heated. Opinions are strong. <laughs> we'll just go in decks and. You know, I don't think anybody's trying to hurt anybody unless unless I learn otherwise. Uh, how are we doing on what are our decks? So. Again, argument's a bit of a strong word. I've got a dex of 60. <laughs> I have a dex of 60 as well. 65. 85. Whew. Glad you're on my side. <laughs> I didn't get uh, Herrick. What's your dex? Oh, uh, sorry, 70. Uh-huh. And I didn't. I don't think I got Christopher either. I, I'm 75, but I don't think I'm there. I think I'm still starting the generator and on my way oh, back. Yeah, I, 
you you can be present. You can come okay. in on this argument at least. Right. But yeah, it didn't take you very long because again, it wasn't broken. It just needed to be found and turned Click. on, and you're just around the door. Okay. So you yeah. can you witness as much of this as you want. Uh, okay, that puts uh, poor grad student Pat in opposition to his beloved professor Dunleavy. At well, least, not, not necessarily. No, I, I actually agree with Professor Dunleavy, and I'll step closer to the uh, to the artifact. Um, it's uh, destroying. This might be the worst thing ever. Think about it. It's the 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 people, the Vikings, their oppositions. The Vikings were human. Their opposition were these mer creatures from the sea. So these these creatures that are here to destroy them are actually the champions of of us. Of our, well, you ran off to save one of them yourself. But remember, but remember, Lanky, when he was taking pictures of the the object, he said it looked romantic. So, what if these things are getting busy? So, but we're we're over argument <laughs> phase at this point. Oh. I'm, I appreciate that we had some a couple of more points, but uh, Pat, are you trying to physically wrest the object from? Uh, your your old friend and fellow graduate student. Uh, you... No, I'm I'm not gonna get into a, a like fight over this. I'm just getting close next to him and just pleading with him, like trying to think about this. This is everything that's on the humanity side of this. The Mer people were the were the opponents, were the the foes, the enemy of the sailors, enemy of the humans. So you're begging the, your friend Robert to reconsider. And then the next party uh, is, is Christopher. Who comes running in like a, like a rugby fullback and tries to hit the uh, object out of his arm so it'll fall into the hopper. So you, or heft it up because it's probably, again, it's on this sort of sledge yeah. sort of thing. <sighs> so you're trying to, okay, so physical attempt. And the 70 is 75 is, that you, is my that was yes. that was 75, Robert 70. So you can get in there and try to pick it up with him and get it just to the edge. Is that your plan? Enough argument, but help Christopher help you get it inside the hopper? Yeah, me. Right. You're Robert, at 70, right? Robert. Yes, I want. I want to. I, Pat has not shaken me in my resolve to destroy <laughs> the statuette. All right, so we're now at sixty-five, and but sixty-five and below, you're going to have to really physically interfere, and you can't really touch the thing without hurting yourself. Do, do does Robert and I need to like do strength tests or anything? It's cumbersome, but you're <clears> just <throat> acting on an inanimate object. Right. That's yeah. You know. So I'm sixty-five. Um, right. I'm writing, but I'm going to yell out, the thing was broken for a thousand years, and we're all fine. We healed it, and the monsters came. I say smash it. Okay, and that leaves two people uh, with identical decks to grapple or not, but you're outnumbered, and the machine's right, the, the thing is right there on the edge of the old machine, clanking away. You're gonna you're gonna give it a shove. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fight to make sure it doesn't get in the hopper, 
and I'll uh, and I will I will also at sixty I will try to stop the muppy. So as everybody okay. else is pushing it in, the two professors the are was, like, no. The tension in the air was palpable. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody else. Only two people are trying to push it in. <laughs> but I'm agreeing that it should get pushed in. I mean, two I mean, and so, I am disagreeing that it's so like. I mean, can I? Should should the two I can't professors brawl each other? What are your relative builds? Because this I, is kind of a maneuver. I have a build of plus one. Whoa! Dang, burly professor. I yeah, I have a zero build. I I am. All right. Uh. I have a build of plus one too. <laughs> I have a build of plus one. Rather than extend into grapple when the outcome is more or less inevitable, given the groupings involved, there's a there's this moment where Mad Professor Bergman in his stained trousers and and older but tough Professor Dunleavy sort of bump into each other at the edge of the machine and the one hand tips the end of the frozen canvas over and there's this god-awful screech and grinding and smashing and dust and ice in the air and it takes 30 seconds and the machinery is clanking on, doing nothing. And uh, Lanky Dobson's the first one to poke his head out of the shed and look around. And there are no Draugr. There are just piles of Dust old bones. bones and rags. And there's a siren, you know, one of those hand-cranked sirens in the distance. Uh, and maybe far away, you know, the sounds of human weeping and the lapping of the waters at the Rockport shore. And that is all. Excellent. Now we have reason to make friends with the fish people. Well, you know, Gibson Dunleavy better watch his tenure position once the fish people find out that he's anti-merman. <laughs> Only a matter of time. Oh, How are they going to find out? Oh, they're going to read my book. No, no. My Pulitzer surprise winning book. Uh, if they let you out of the madhouse in time. Oh, me? Uh, Questions, problems, points of interest? No, that was so... The Vikings had created this ward to keep the deep ones out of their business. But the Vikings actually, the Vikings actually stole it from a temple of Dagon near the Mediterranean because it's it's very much older. Uh, it had moved across the Mediterranean from ancient Greece, and it was in a Dagon temple, and they defaced it so as to use it as an artifact to defend themselves. Uh, and it worked until basically the Viking colony 
in Vinland failed and the natives who had interactions with the deep ones found a way to smash it, which was not easy. And yeah, it was rediscovered and magically healed itself. Cool. Some old professor knowing old Norse has to go read some words. And, and every, every old one descendant that got killed made it colder. It was, but every, but also, uh, uh-oh, it's magic points. So that's you, you why was there for a second. Each one, each time a Draugr had to double in size to, to do the crushing maneuver, it had to use up its magic points, which is why once they did ah. that, you could kill them. Whereas otherwise they were pretty hard to take down. And, and was the thing so cold to protect it from the deep ones? Because they, they obviously wouldn't be able to touch it. They'd be more susceptible than we were. You know, I don't think there's a, there's not a written logic to it in the short scenario. I think it's there to connect the things and also in a kind of loose way to say that conservation of energy is real. <laughs> like you use the magic here and it, something has to give something away. But yeah, it's poetic mostly, I think. Really great game. Thank you, David. Thank you. That was fun. Our players included Martin Llewellyn, Stuart Lively, John Hook, uh, Joseph Justin Clegg, Chase Kapner, and myself with David Gasway as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up private games, you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only ver versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of the Google role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good game.